courtside of the virtual hardwood, it's the MLSC Podcast, episode number 416. I am Andrew, with you as always, and with me as always is Derek, aka Deeper 3. No, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Andrew, we finally got the NBA Live 2001 guys, Nate and Roger, on Parsec. Nate reached out to me on Twitter uh, with a screenshot showing me that he added me as a friend on Parsec. Obviously, I was immediately excited because I've been trying to get them on Parsec for quite a while, so I added him immediately. And then that day, we played three games, actually. We played NBA Live 2008 for PS3, and he had never... I, I think it had been a while since he had played that, and we played about a half and then we switched games. He used Cleveland, and I used the Golden State Warriors, and we actually put out some pretty good highlights. That game is pretty fun head-to-head. It's definitely more fun head-to-head than it is against the computer, which is basically the case with most games, if we're being honest. And we played a game of NBA Live 2004 with me being the Sacramento Kings and him using the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it was a fantastic game. Kevin Garnett and Chris Webber going at it, going back and forth, um, you know, blocking each other, dunking on each other, etc. It was a blast. And then, of course, you know we had to play a game of NBA Live 2001. Well, of course. And, I mean, that was the whole point of getting them on Parsec, was it not, to uh, to be able to test that out and hopefully one day do uh, 2v2 on 2001. But I-, I was surprised to see you play 08 because I know you're not a, a huge fan of 08. I'm warming up to it, especially in the head-to-head format. Right. Like I said, you know, head-to-head format, you know, whether it be local play or a game over Parsec, which is like local play, um, head-to-head can, like, change the way you look at a game. Like, it can make a game just boring, blah, I want to shut it off. Um, It can turn it from that to I'm having a blast or I want to keep playing this or this is super competitive and we have to finish this game. Like, it, it, it can completely change the way you look at the game. But we played NBA Live 2001. I used the Celtics. He used the Cavaliers. And it was a great game. He did end up beating me like I thought he would. Uh, they spend so much time on that game. And he's very smart the way he plays. That video is up on the NLSE YouTube. He killed me inside, mostly on the boards. Uh, Big Z was 9 for 10 from the field. Uh, Chris Mim killed me inside etc. He was hitting threes with Lamont Murray. He just played a very smart game. I was in it until the end. Um, I think he ended up winning by 8 or 10. But it was just really cool to get on there on Parsec and play with those guys because we've been we've had them on the show. We've been, you know, watching their highlights and, you know, talking to them on social media for a long time now. And it worked absolutely awesome for Nate. He was able to play like he was playing with Roger. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy we got them on the application. I'm just surprised to see somebody dominating inside in 2001 that's not Marcus Pfizer. I mean, the great Marcus Effen Pfizer is uh, the legend of NBA Live 2001. Uh, really cool to see those highlights. Really looking forward to getting on the sticks with, uh, with, with you uh, against the, the two of them. But I'm so glad they, they did actually get into Parsec because, I mean, we've been talking about it for months now how, fun, how much fun we've been having. We've been encouraging everybody. To, to give it a go. And as far as OA is concerned, you know, you're right. When you try a different mode or when you try playing against somebody instead of against the, the CPU, it can really change a game. And this is why we go back to these old games in our collection. And I took a photo of my collection this past week, which I need to post on Twitter and may do by the time you're listening to this, that 
that shows just how huge my collection is. But it's why we go back to these games and give them a second chance and try them out a different mode or head-to-head as we've been doing. And, you know, some of them, they, they hold up a little bit better than we thought. Yeah, it, as far as Live 2001, really quick, as far as, like, Marcus Pfizer goes, you can't really use Chris Mim and Zadrunas Ilgoskis like Marcus Pfizer. Who right? can? Who, what you have to yeah. do with them is you basically just, you know, shoot half hooks over the um, over the defense. I was helpless to both of them, and we played on Superstar, but I was just completely helpless to both of them. Or you just dominate the offensive glass, and you throw it down, and you get offensive rebounds. Um, he did such a good job of that. I didn't time my boards right with Tony Batie um, and Antoine Walker and whatnot, and he took advantage. Walter McCarty had a poor game, very poor shooting game, which is not normal. I did hit a three with him and a couple outside shots. And I believe I might have had a layup with him as well, but not the normal performance from McCarty. Maybe it was nerves from playing against the NBA Live 2001 legends. A lot of pressure. A lot of Who pressure. Knows? A lot of pressure. Um, but we'll definitely have to play again because it was still a competitive game and it was a really good time. I had to make sure, though, that I beat him on NBA Live 2004, right? Like, I couldn't lose twice in a row. And Live 2004, I probably vi- revisited more recently than he did. He was very very good competition on nba live 2004 i thought he played incredibly well and those two teams are a very good matchup in that game the timberwolves and the kings they were both outstanding at that time yeah i'm just i'm I'm loving it i'm loving how into parsec and this style of gameplay everybody is in like they're they're all just really into it it, Parsec is working great for pretty much everybody. And Nate, ha, Nate Nate said after our last game, he said, you know, now Roger and I can play in the NLSC tournaments. So that's cool as well. Like if they want to jump into the March Madness tournament that we're going to run or any tournaments later in the year, or maybe we do an NBA Live 2001 tournament, they can jump in and have a blast. I was going to say, we'll have to do a 2001 tournament now. If there's going to be, it's going to be the... Uh... The, the big dogs in that particular <laughs> tournament. You know, you mentioned 2001 and 2004, and both great games in their own right. Uh, I would rank 2004 higher because, of course, you have the right stick dribbling that came in in 2003. You've got the first iteration of Dynasty Mode, a lot of other. You've got the 10-man freestyle. You've got those better two-man animations. And, and to that point, around that time, 2004, so games that came out in kind of the early to mid-2000s were starting to get some proper physics in there. And you were talking about trying to guard him uh, playing on ball, which is the done thing. That is the sporting thing to do when you're playing uh, head-to-head competitive play is to guard on ball. Don't just let the CPU do it and hang back and and guard the paint. But it is a lot harder to do in those earlier games because you don't have that physicality. You can't bump the ball handler as you can. It's harder to stay with them. So, But I thought you did a great job of of doing that, especially considering how uh, good he is at the game. But, But that is tough playing on ball in those older games. I have a pride issue with defense. I feel like I always want to try to take on the ball handler, um, whether they're out on the perimeter or in, they're in the post um, or they're, they're, they're in the mid-range. Um, I'll, I'll try to pressure full court if I have to on ball, uh, et cetera. I have this 
unbelievable pride issue with always trying to guard the ball. So he definitely took advantage of that. And he told me that in the chat, he said that he's been kind of trained on that game to attack the human, especially in the paint. So like when I was using Batie or I was using McCarty or I was using Antoine Walker and I was in the paint or trying to guard him in the face up in the mid range, he would take it right to me and it burned me. So you're right. I I don't think the mechanics work as well for on-ball defense, especially in those older games. And I have to put my pride aside and I have to start guarding, using players a little bit more off-ball if I'm going to compete a little bit better the next time that I play him. Um, On the other hand, I feel like NBA Live 2004, I'm able to guard the ball a little bit better, um, especially inside. Um, If you noticed, I had him miss a couple baskets with Kevin Garnett with Chris Webber by putting my hands straight up or like bumping him off the spot, etc. And I think that NBA Live 2004 physics wise is better um, for that on ball defense control than NBA Live 2001. Um, as far as Live 08, too, I want to point something out. Live 08, if you can get past the clunky robotic animations that kind of plague that game not as much as they do on nba live 07 it's definitely an improvement from live 07 by a lot um but they're still in there if you can get by that in the look of that um i think the game can sometimes be incredibly fun in a head-to-head environment passes are snappy um there's as far as shooting shooting doesn't feel terrible in that game it feels pretty good overall to, you know, try to get out on the break and, you know, have like a dynamic finish at the hoop, etc. Overall, NBA Live 08 has some decent mechanics that are pretty fun on the sticks, including playing defense, like getting block shots is fun on that game. Steals aren't bad. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to throw on NBA Live 08 and like, like have a long session against the computer. However, if you reached out to me, or Nate reached out to me, or somebody else did, and they said, hey, want to play a full game of NBA Live 08? I would say yes. Well, you touched on it right there, that Live 07 was such a a big hole to dig themselves out of, that it's still, with all the improvements they made to 08, it's still a lot of issues there, and they were still losing ground to to 2K. But it is a a major improvement, one of the biggest jumps, especially from such a, a rough title of what Live 07 was. And they brought in the quick strike dribbling that year, where the faster you move the stick, the faster you uh, perform dribbling moves. So that and that was taken from and breaking out of the animations as well as part of that system. And that was taken from NBA Street Home Court. So you can definitely tell the different feel of that game. And I, I still love that the Steve Smith fake spin, the fake half spin in uh, in a way by holding the, the right stick up. That's one of my favorite moves. I was I've been obsessed with that since I played the game at the community event in two thousand seven. Uh, lots of great memories of that community event because, of course, they took us to the, the draft that year, the 2007 draft, so that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, they had a long way to come back from 07. NBA Live 08 also has that amazing hesitation dribble. Yeah, they, they really paid a lot of attention to dribbling that year. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it's enjoyable overall on the stakes, and obviously I still prefer that dribbling over the 2K um, bumper iso motion that they had at that time. Also, I want to point out, Andrew and I did connect on NBA Live 2001 as well. And we played using the 90s All-Stars, Andrew hosted, and we played against 
the 70s All-Stars. And if you remember correctly, we talked on the last podcast about how we, you know, really took it to the computer on Rookie. Like, we, we, we beat them up. I think we won that game in short minutes by, like, 30 points. But we were like, all right, we have to up this difficulty and see how we do. And we put it on starter for two games. And then we played on All-Star for the third game. And not only were the scores almost identical in every single one of the games, which was really mind-blowing, but we also won every game, including the first game on All-Star um, when we were teamed up. And I thought that session was just a ton of fun, like trying to figure out the computer, trying to find ways to win, and each game being really close. Well, we had some pretty good highlights. That that pass you had and the, the dunk I had with Kemp, I do really like the dunks in 2001, as I've said so many times before. They had some really nice dunks that year, and of course the blocks. And there was a great block we had there, a clutch defensive play down the stretch. And, and yeah, just, just the, the scores being the same, or virtually the same. Actually, were the first two games the exact same score? No, so the first two games were 36 to 34. And then when we put it on All-Star in that double over, overtime game, it ended up being 35 to 33 like you can't script that one game was won with a, a jordan jumper a game winner you want you uh you hit a jumper with jordan and it won the game and that's what made it so satisfying that the the kemp dunk some of the other moves we were making the the defensive stops that getting out of the break 2001 as i've said on a recent show possibly last week I, i'm really starting to change my mind on it because it was that controversial release when it came out on PC, the PC release came out later, of course, which we were miffed about back in the day. We were promised a patch that never eventuated because they had a, a smaller team, which and that smaller team led to 2002 being a console-only release because they didn't have enough uh, of, of a team to to work on the PC port the following year. But yeah, I, I'm starting to change my mind. In light 2001, it's, it's a lot more fun than I remember it being. Well, I mentioned this on Twitter, too, in another really nice touch, that they're not even duplicating in games that are made today. Um, you know, we were playing the 70s All-Stars, and we put them at home. And what was missing in that game? The three-point line. There was no three-point line. Um, so you're playing, you have the added challenge of playing against the 70s All-Stars with no three-pointers. And I think that that could also hurt you if you're using the 90s team, because Reggie Miller doesn't become as useful, right? Like you have certain players that don't become as useful who could be out there getting you three points instead of two points in certain situations. So I love that added touch that they did back then. And it's it's crazy that, you know, you have NBA Live 19 is the last live game and then you have NBA 2K22 is the most recent 2K game. And neither one of those games produced a team like the or the classic teams or anything like that or the retro content or any of the challenges with no three-point line so i thought that i thought that that was a really nice touch it's something that stands out about the 50s 60s and 70s all-stars in the older live games and yes to that point 2k12 the only game that i can remember in the last decade or so that that represented that but only in nba's greatest games if you use those teams outside of nba's greatest just in play now or whatever the three-point line was back, and three-pointers were in effect. So that, they, they did it for that mode, but only within that mode. So it, it is clearly possible from a game that's that's much, much older to program a court that has no three-point line. Obviously, we can remove the three-point line with modding. We can mod the textures out, I, I imagine. But to actually not recognize the three-pointer, that's something they were doing right back in NBA Live 2000, 
from the 70s All Stars in Live 2000, if I recall correctly. Don't have the three point line, and it's not in effect. So we were able to use the the courts to make uh, to make other retro mods. And again, just can't be done today, and it, it's a it's a shame. Side note about. I don't know, maybe a hundred episodes ago, I mentioned how cool it would be to have the ABA represented in NBA 2K or in just like a basketball gaming title in general. And the cool thing about the ABA is they actually had a three-point line at a slightly different distance. So they wouldn't have to add any extra programming in order to have those ABA teams in there. Um, maybe they'd have to alter, um, allow you to have like different rules for the for the league, um, etc. But Overall, um, it would be pretty awesome if um, a basketball title took on some ABA content because I would play the hell out of that content. And that's the thing. ABA was, I mean, it was it was done eight years before you and I were born, but it's just such a big part of NBA history, of basketball history, you know, what it brought to the, the NBA. I think, uh, I think it was Doug Moe, who, of course, was with the Nuggets in both the ABA and the NBA. He's talked about how, at one point, the NBA was, uh, even though it was the bigger league, it was looked on as the, as the boring league, whereas the ABA was the exciting league. And some of that play came to the NBA when they, when they merged. And, of course, you ended up with the three-point line, and four teams, naturally, uh, joined, the, uh, joined the NBA from the ABA. So it is such a big part of the league's history. And, and it never really has been represented in games. You've, you've got some of the retro jerseys in there and, and players that were part of the, uh, originally part of the ABA, like of Julius Irving or George Gervin and whatnot. But that, that, that's still NBA-oriented. They became stars in the NBA as well. So, yeah, I, I would love to see ABA mods, obviously. And March Modernist is right around the corner, so there's a project just to throw it out there. But officially in the games, I'd love to see more ABA representation. be really cool. Fun fact. 76-77, uh, the first NBA season after the ABA-NBA merger, 10 of the players that came over from the ABA were All-Stars. That's wild. So that shows you how good the ABA was because in the first year of the merger, 10 of those ABA players were NBA All-Stars. So um, I would love that content in the game, but you mentioned March, um, March madness and March madness and whatnot. Um, some exciting times actually coming ahead on the NLSC, including another Parsec NLSC tournament, either with college hoops, 2k8 or NCAA basketball 09, and then the yearly modding competition. That's right. We have the competition every year. We give away a copy PC copy of uh, NBA 2k, the upcoming NBA 2k game, Originally, it was conceived as you get you get to choose between 2K and Live, but <laughs> that's kind of gone by the wayside these past couple of years. In fact, I don't think we've ever been able to give away a copy of NBA Live. I, th I think even the first one, maybe the first one was two, uh, 2018, so we would have had um, Live 19. But in any case, it's it's a copy of 2K PC. That's why we've changed it to, because that's the game we know that's, that's coming out every year. But that's always great to see. Uh, please get in on that. It's free to enter. Uh, the only... Uh, caveat really is that you have to upload to the download section, which we encourage everybody to do anyway, because it is a way to preserve mods for future generations. But of course, I will be posting all the rules and conditions of that uh, competition on uh, on March 1st, so in a couple of days' time from when we're recording this. But as always, on top of the competition, it's a month to celebrate modding, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some modding topics on the podcast and uh, I'll see what I can do as far as some mods, because I've, I've always got those ideas, Derek, but it's just about finding time, which is always how it goes with modding. Right. We have our NBA Live 96 all-time teams project as well that I need to get back into making portraits for. But I'll be honest with you, a lot of my time has just been spent playing the games. 
connecting on the games, playing the NBA Jam on Fire Edition tournament, um, you know, reaching out to you so we can play, uh, you know, get sending you videos um, to upload to the NLSC channel, whether it be, you know, Nate and I connecting and playing Live 2001 or the 2000, Live 2004 gameplay video or the On Fire Edition games, etc. So my time has really been spent playing the games as much as possible and then, you know, making the gameplay videos. But yeah, there are a lot of mods that are still being created and released over on the NLSC. Um, just amazing work um, from a Cyberface standpoint and even from a retro roster standpoint. Like I said, I tried Tony's 96-97 roster um, and I thought it was absolutely excellent, excellent, the one for NBA 2K22. The NBA 2K14 modding section is still incredibly active and so is the 2K13 section um so it's nice to see that people are still modding those um you know those older games and you know they're still tending to the newest one well of course sco just released a new version of uh urb ur basketball for 2k13 and 2k14 actually a highlight a manny live submitted a highlight using that mod uh, for the all-star weekend in the, this week's top 10 yeah john morant um on the fast break for a dunk from NBA 2K14 PC from the URB. Um, and then we had another all-star highlight actually in the top 10, which was a blocked um, layup. Uh, so John ja Morant, again, blocking Steph Curry at the rim. And that was submitted by the live King. And then um, Andre Jamal 79 submitted a NBA 2K22 next gen LeBron James poster dunk. Um, from the all-star game so um, a lot of things done with mods and a lot of things done with default game assets that are you know making that nlsc top 10 plays of the week i thought it was another strong week and um, it was really enjoyable to put it together i love the reactions that you've been getting for the top 10 everyone just as we said before so into it no ill will with placing or anything like that everyone just enjoying the highlights and, and seeing their highlights uh, make it into the top 10 uh, i had another one in there this week Probably one of my favorite moments. In fact, no, probably about it. One of my favorite moments from my micro in 2K14, PlayStation 4, which I am playing on PlayStation 5 for convenience, that uh, alley-oop, the 360 alley-oop to uh, Thaddeus Young. Uh, just was not expecting that at all. That just came out of nowhere. That's a jump out of your seat play right there because I've played, you know I spent a lot of time with NBA 2K14 for Xbox One. I've never seen that alley-oop animation. I've never seen that smooth catch the lob with one hand and do a, a full 360 and throw it down and his head being basically at the rim. That is a unbelievable highlight. I thought it was great. So um, I was really glad to see that you submitted that. Um, I was able to clean it up a little bit and make it 60 FPS and whatnot. But yeah, you must have been thrilled when that got thrown down and you must have been getting ready to up, uh, upload that and send it to me right away. Oh, I, I knew. I knew that's a top 10 submission right there. We're, like in our sessions, top 10. That was what I was thinking to myself when I when I saw that. I'd never seen it before. I, I put the the J.R. Smith 360 alley-oop commentary behind it, which was really fun to do. Still really enjoying finding commentary and putting that to highlights that uh, that have no audio. But, but yeah, I, I'm seeing some of those animations that I haven't seen before in 2K14. And I'm starting to wonder, you know, I've always downplayed that Ecomotion engine, but you know, it's the more I play 2K14, I think they were really onto something with that. Maybe it's adaptive and it's like, you know what? Andrew hasn't seen this animation before. We're going to give him this one now. Um, 
but no, it's it's absolutely uh, crazy how NBA 2K14 can still show you so many animations that you still don't you don't see in NBA 2K22. You know what I mean? Like really nice animations. Like I haven't seen that catch and finish on an alley oop in NBA 2K22. And my brother and I have gone through a full season, 12 minute quarters on NBA 2K22, and we just hit the conference finals. So, yeah, it's wild how many good animations are in NBA 2K14. And if you go back and you play games like NBA 2K9, NBA 2K10, NBA 2K8, you still see so many just smooth, exciting, get-out-of-your-seat animations. Remember the NBA 2K9 gameplay that I uploaded and to Twitter, and I talked to you about that Julius Irving potential top 10 play where he attacks the rim and he turns his back on the hoop and flips it up over his head and it went in. It was like a basket and foul. It's like, I haven't seen an animation in NBA 2K22 that looks exactly like that animation from 2K9. And that's just fantastic. So that's what another thing, another reason why I like going back and playing some of those older games, you know, the 2K14s, the 2K8s, the 2K9s, etc. because you'll still see stuff in those games that you don't see today. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And when those, those unique animations play out or a unique situation where you get hit hard and, and flip it up at the basket like that and make a, a crazy shot for the end one, those, those are the moments in basketball gaming. Because they're true to life. Yeah, you said like you said it uh, before. Uh, some when, when it happens and it looks like something that player could actually do or would do, um, etc. That just adds to the moment. It, it just adds to the authenticity. Uh, it adds to the enjoyable experience. And you know, uh, sweet, at sweet Jones underscore OTF made a great comment on the top ten after I posted it on Twitter. He said, I just love seeing people playing these games and like having fun with them. And that's what it's all about. That's what, 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 why we do what we do on the NLSC, right? That's why we're promoting Parsec. That's why we're uploading all the gameplay videos that we possibly can. Because it's enjoyable to play these games, but it's also super enjoyable to watch people have fun with them. Oh, definitely. I mean, watching other people play is, has become a big part of, of gaming culture obviously, and, and clearly people like doing it with basketball games as well. But even just short clips and highlights and the countdowns like the top 10, uh, people are loving it, and, and I love to see that. We also got a, an interesting suggestion to do a, a retro countdown of, of just games from the 90s or early 2000s. That would be tough, because you and I love it. Still, the 33 loves it. Um, you know, there's obviously more people, there's other people in the community that love it, but it's not that common for somebody to say, hey, let's pick up NBA Live 95, right? True. Let's play NBA Live 98. Let's pick up Double Dribble. Like, stuff like that. Like, I think that that is super niche. And I would love to do something like that under his suggestion. But I think that more than likely it would need to be, in order to get enough highlights each week, people would have to be playing some of the newer games, but with mods. And Stildo actually brought that up. So, like he was talking about, you know, on 2K19, we're finishing the 94-95 mod. So, we could get highlights from the 94, 95 season in there. So it's still technically nineties, but it's from 2k19. So that's a good way to look at it to, I don't know, not to get around lack of highlights, but a good way to promote that era, but you know, get more highlights overall. It's more feasible to do a modded 
current game or, or recent game for sure. I think we'd have to put the call out to retro gamers. Okay, we're doing a retro week. Send us your retro highlights. Right, 100%. Oh, I did want to bring up something before I forget. I want to thank everybody, as do you, who tuned in to my NBA Jam on Fire edition stream. So I hadn't streamed in about three years. And I jumped on and I was like, you know what? I bought this this headset. Um, Andrew and I have been wanting to stream and gauge interest in streams, etc. So, you know, I jumped on, I reached out to you. I said, hey, do you want to play some NBA Jam on Fire edition and I'll stream it? And I had my mic on. We streamed uh, three games of NBA Jam on Fire edition. We did a full challenge, bronze, silver, and gold. We won every game. And immediately once I started the stream, I had people in the chat. And I'm going to be honest with you, that actually made my day. I, it felt great. And, and when I sent you the video after it was done and you could see the live chat, you said to me too, you were like, wow, I love that reception. So thank you so much. Um, it actually made me motivated and super interested in streaming some more. So chances are you'll probably see me streaming more Parsec connections um, this coming week, actually, um, whether it be Street Volume 2, NBA Jam on Fire Edition with Andrew, maybe some NBA Live 10 or something, um, maybe one of the newer games. So, yeah, thank you again for tuning into the stream. No, it, it was definitely a lot of fun. Loved seeing the reception to it in the comments uh, afterwards when you sent me the link to the to the stream and, and watching that live chat replay back. Uh, next time, looking forward to be mic'd up. That'll make it even more fun. We'll tweet that out from the official NLC accounts, of course, so that as many people can join in as possible because everyone had a blast watching that. Clearly, if you go back and, and look at the, the comments from that live chat, we had a lot of fun, as we always do, on the Parsec sessions. So, yeah, stay tuned for, for more of that uh, more of those streams. Yeah, I mean, there was comments in there just talking about how they love that game, right? And they were also echoing what we said. They were saying, you know, like, this game is just so much fun to play with a friend. Thundershack came on there, and he made a comment along the lines of, you know, when you're playing those gold challenges, it's definitely better when you're playing, you know, and you can be more successful when you're playing with another human being. And it's just awesome that we can do that and connect to my Xbox One and play Xbox One games together like we are. We're Just so people know, we're playing the entire road trip, Andrew and I, connecting to my Xbox One. Uh, yeah, so thanks again. Um, you'll see more streams from me soon um, and, and maybe just a couple this week as well. You know, getting back to the top 10 for a moment, there was a, a clutch play from, from Stuldo in there. And of course, that came from the NBA Jam on Fire Edition tournament, which has wrapped up. Uh, you won that tournament. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to Stuldo for making it to the finals. Hats off to everybody who competed in that tournament. Uh, another successful tournament. It's just going to get better and better and more fun from here on out. But what what a tournament and, and what a final series. Um, so any any thoughts on the uh, on that? Any, any gloating since you won? Ugh. So what's with people beating me with buzzer beaters in this tournament? So Tecmo Bowl took me out with a Magic Johnson finger roll in one game um, for our series. Uh, and still to 33 in game five of the finals, um, you know, with his back against the wall down three, one in the series hits a double teamed three pointer with Larry bird to win the game. He was only down two. he could have thrown that alley-oop to Kevin Garnett, but no, he said, you know what? I'm going to put it right in Derek's face. We're not going to overtime. He's down. He's going to, he's going to lose right now. Um, so he hits this three with Larry bird, sends it to a game six. I'm sweating. 
on the couch. I just want to let you know, like playing this game. And he made the right decision to take Ray Allen out of the lineup early in the series and put in Kevin Garnett to pair him with Larry Bird. And that was a game changer because then he was able to be more physical and match up with Bill Walton. His defense got instantly better and he started relying more on Bird for shooting, which is what he should have been doing earlier on. So I was sweating. I was like, I can't do what 707 did and let him come back from free zero and win a set and win in seven games. Like I just can't let it happen. I pulled out game six by I want to say like five points or something like that every game of the series was incredibly close he's excellent at the game it was an amazing series he hosted the entire series um so just so people know still though 33 and I were on the phone for the entire series so we both had each other on speakerphone and two things stand out as uh, I'm from the finals one when he hit that Larry Bird three the level of screaming from him was out of this world. I, th- I <laughs> thought I was going to break my phone. He was screaming like victory, basically, just like yelling. Um, and I'm just like saying to him over and over again, I can't believe that just happened. Um, it was literally like we were in the room together, except he wasn't able to punch my shoulder. And then he talked about this after, and I thought this was hilarious. So game six comes around. I'm up three, two, I'm sweating bullets on my end. I'm like, I I can't let him win this game. The entire second half after being incredibly chatty and competitive and trash talking for all the rest of the time in the series, we didn't say one word to each other. I don't think in the second half of game six, it was that competitive. It was pure silence pure going at each other and you can watch all of those games they're uploaded to the nlsc youtube um unfortunately we weren't like mic'd up so you can't hear us talking but you could probably see the intensity going by how the gameplay was going um we played it on the hard level so on the hardest level um in the game and which was a good choice i thought it made it for actually a super competitive series but you know hats off to everybody in the tournament while I am glad I won, um, I'm glad that the games were super competitive and everybody just had a really, really good time, you know, playing in the tournament. Really competitive games throughout the tournament. Yeah, I mean, seven. it went full seven games with 707 and still 33. It went five games in the first round, so the, the distance with Tecmo Bowl and QB1120Q in the forums. Um, Tecmo Bowl, while I did win that series in five games, every game but one was super close. He's fantastic at NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Um, It was just competitive. It was fun. No sore losers, um, but they did want to win, and they were playing to win. And it just produced so many great highlights that not only have been entered into the NLSC Top 10 in various weeks, but it also gave great YouTube content to the NLSC channel, and then people were able to enjoy that experience with us because every single game of the tournament was uploaded to the NLSC YouTube. So you guys can go look at that playlist when you get the chance. Definitely do that, because On Fire Edition is such a fun game to play, such a fun game to watch. You and I, back on the road trip, even after playing through the entire tournament, you can't get enough of On Fire Edition, uh, as, which is only dance to reason, because it's a fantastic game. I reached out to Andrew, um, not only for the stream, but separately, and I was like, all right, let's just, you know, I don't have a lot of time, but let's just get a game in of the road trip. And we played one game, so one game lasts, what, 12 minutes? 
about 12 that. Yeah. minutes or something like that. So we literally connected for 12 or 13 minutes, played a game, and then logged off. No, I can't get enough of it because I think the gameplay is fantastic, and that mode, that road trip mode, is, I think, the best possibly in basketball video game history. And I can tell when I'm in a game, into a game when months go by and I'm still like excited to put it on. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of like how I still feel about NBA 2K17, NBA Jam on Fire Edition, you know, NBA uh, Street Volume 2, which I, you and I connected on as well, and I connected with the Ball video games. And, yeah, just an absolute blast playing with people from around the world lately. And you and I connected on NBA Street Volume 2. You were locked on um, Jordan. I was locked on Magic, and Bill Walton was our third player. And it was the same matchup that me and at b-ball video games played we played against the nba stars like you said after it's like talk about aging well that game just aged so well it is so fun we had a blast in that game that we played you know it is one of those games that a lot of people mention as the best basketball game of all time uh, as i've said before that's a, a difficult claim to make because when you go between the sim and arcade genre you know people want different things so and, and of course there have been some other fantastic games as well but look, I, I can't argue against that being a candidate or somebody's personal all-time favorite or their pick for the best basketball game in history because it, it just does hold up so well all these years later. That's almost 20 years old, that game. 2003, that came out. And look how great the animations are. And just like button mapping, like the feel of it and everything, you going up for oops and that, and also that double spin into a dunk you did with Jordan. Um, that just looked absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, just from a graphic standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, um, it's not as deep as NBA Jam on Fire Edition, but the gameplay is so good, you could play exhibition games on that all day. You know what I mean? Just pick up games. So, um, yeah, no, it's been absolutely great. And that kind of, you know, revisiting all of these games had me thinking about the mailbag question this week. So like the community question, the, the community question, because, you know, it, it kind of gauges what people are enjoy, what people enjoy the most for video games and what they are enjoying the most. Now, once again, a lot of great responses to this week's mailbag prompt. Before we open up the mailbag to get to those responses, we're going to answer the question ourselves, which was, you will be stranded on an island indefinitely and can only bring three basketball video games. Which ones are you bringing and why? And you put out some rules, Derek. Uh, internet is not available, no mods, and you can bring friends and family. So yeah, we've been pondering our answers as well. And uh, do you have your three? I have my three. I do, um, and it's really tough. And I have two for certain that I would bring. And then the third one, I'm just it's like a toss-up. So I guess I'll go first. Uh NBA Jam on Fire Edition, I would bring. And it's not just because I'm into it in a big way right now. It's because big picture-wise, it just has a lot of replayability because of the road trip, because of the unlockable players, the unlockable teams. Um, and just overall, the co-op and even single-player feel to the gameplay. Because remember, this NBA Jam on Fire Edition tournament wasn't co-op with somebody else. We were using the teams ourselves. And I had an absolute blast. If you want to talk about a, a game that can be super competitive in uh, from a gameplay standpoint, uh, just can be super fun 
NBA Jam on Fire Edition has that. Um, so I think we could just spend a ton of time on that game. It doesn't require you to be online to play Road Trip to really play, you know, all the modes in that game. So, um, yeah, NBA Jam on Fire Edition for certain. Uh, and before I go on to the next one, what's one of yours? Well, I actually have On Fire Edition as well, because it is one of my all-time favorite games. I want at least one arcade game, one arcade title with me on that island. My only concern with On Fire Edition, because Road Trip is, is deep, it's, and it, it takes a while to play through, which is great. It's great depth, great longevity. But once you've finished it, and I can confirm this having finished it on uh, Xbox 360, is that you can't replay it again. I mean, you can. You can go back and play through all the... You can play through everything again, but you can't sort of start a new game with a new profile and play through and unlock everything. Everything is already unlocked. But, I mean, you can still play through it again, I suppose. Um, and, of course, you can play so many exhibitions. It's so fun to play that you could probably just play exhibitions, co-op and competitive, especially if you've got someone else on the island with you. Obviously, I would uh, probably take my cousin. Uh, but, yeah, I would still go with On Fire Edition because there's still enough depth there. Uh, it, it is unfortunate that you have to pretty much delete your save, your, your data, to... Uh, make everything locked again so if you wanted to play through it again from uh, from scratch you've got to do that but even so you, you can still play through all the games again i suppose so you know what i'm going to stick with on fire edition because it's still got that depth and i love that game so much yeah i mean if you if you can still delete the data and start from scratch then that's probably what i would do yeah like if, if that's still an option then yeah totally like so at least you can still start from scratch oh, how, um, how long are we on the island for as well <laughs> Definitely, well, I suppose, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. It, we don't know. It, it, could be, it could be a week. It could be rest of your life, a yeah. month. It could yeah. be a year. It could be the rest of your life. Um, so you're just there, Andrew. You're stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm deleting the data a couple of times, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for me, my second choice would be NBA 2K17. And the reason is, is because not only is it my favorite title um, for the Xbox One PS4 era, but it is also the game that my brothers and I both enjoy all of us enjoy playing the most together and you got to remember on this island it's going you can bring friends or family so um not that i would bring them against their will like oh you guys have to be stranded with me (laughs) but if we end up on the (laughs) like oh no you have to play basketball video games with me and come to this island no what are are we doing here again (laughs) (laughs) well you know you're entertaining me you're playing basketball video games with me no that's not what i'm saying but if they ended up on the island with me somehow um that's a go-to that we would have to have and even without mods we would really enjoy doing fantasy drafts with the default in-game content, editing those rosters to the best we can offline, um, you know, doing even drafts with the current teams, just those players, etc. Um, we would still just have create so many memories playing NBA 2K17 because we all love it that much, especially from a co-op and even head-to-head perspective. You know, I, I think that that's a, that's a no-brainer for me to include that on the island. See, the funny thing is, it was going to sound like I was looking over at your exam paper, because I had 2K17 as well. And it's a game I, w- I would love to take. As you said, you don't need mods. Mods enhance the game so much, as we are well aware of in this community. But 2K17 is such a fantastic game. And, and I'd like to spend more time... Obviously, I wouldn't have internet, and the servers are offline anyway, so I wouldn't be playing Prime, which I mostly play Prime in my career in 2K17. But I'd love to get into a, uh, a my league for example i'd be able to play the other side of the, the game that i haven't played as much and if i'm on that island indefinitely i've got plenty of time to play through it but i will actually change my answer 
and say NBA 2K14 for PlayStation 4 because it has become one of my all-time favorite games. And if I'm taking it to the island, I'm guessing I already have all my saves intact as well on the console. And with this, uh, this my career that's going in 2K14 at the moment, I've got this idea of playing through through multiple seasons. Uh, after the second year, I'm going to be playing the key game, so simulating a bit of that season, a bit of that career to get to the uh, to get to the Hall of Fame, to get all the uh, statistical goals. So I'm going to take 2K14. I'm going to change my answer and uh, just to change things up a bit. And uh, yeah, 2K14 with that save uh, because I'm, again, I'm going to be on that island for a while. So hey, I might, I might actually simulate. If I'm on that island for a while, I might just play through uh, play through the long way. I got to let you guys know that there is absolutely no way in hell that Andrew would have taken NBA 2K14 PS4 a year ago. No, like, no. There is absolutely no way. The amount that Andrew was warmed up to NBA 2K14 by revisiting it and playing through my career and now on season two and everything, I don't think I've ever seen you warm up to a game so fast like you have with this game. 06 maybe? Last year as well? NBA Live 06? Possibly? No, still not this much. Because you put that down. Well, right? there's, there's I mean, not as much still, to play. Yeah, the, the, the modes yeah, aren't there's there. Not as much content. Right, exactly. NBA 2K14, you've just been so into it. Just to let people know, just this morning, I think I received six highlights from Andrew. He was like, <laughs> look, at that, look, at the, look, at the, look at these things that are going on in my career. And I just, I love looking at them. So I hope you never stop sending those. I, I was going um, to be saying, to be fair, they're pretty good highlights, I felt. No, oh my God, they were. One of my favorite ones that you recently sent to me was a save um, where your player dove out of bounds and it was like a Larry Bird type hustle play and or like Shaq remember when Shaq the 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 classic Orlando Magic Shaq sliding across the floor trying to save the ball oh into the camera yes yes yeah and he he gets it slides into the camera like that type of play and you kept it in bounds and then you guys ended up scoring on that play and I just thought that was such a cool animation and everything flowed so well um, on that play, I really like that one. Oh, again, it's one of those organic moments that really makes the uh, a basketball game special. The, the only thing that bothers me about that play is, and this is this is a recurring issue, unfortunately, in two K, is that it didn't count as an assist. I mean, I saved it right to a teammate, and he scored right away. But because it's not a pass animation, it didn't register an assist. And anyone who's played with me in pro am or, or followed my my career uh, coverage knows how much I love getting assists. So to, to even rob me of one dime, no, not not cool well, game, not cool. <laughs> yeah, you're averaging about 15 a game right now in your my career. But yeah, but it should have been an assist because you had possession of the ball. Right? Exactly. When you save that, you had it, um, like actual possession. So technically it should have been. It reminds me yeah. of the games that my brother and I get frustrated in with when we're trying to play Legends. And this happens with some of the classic games. And, you know, we'll get a block. And in the real rule in real life, is if a block happens and you catch the ball, like let's say, let's say, I don't know, let's say Josh Smith blocks a shot for the Atlanta Hawks back when he was playing, and Jeff Teague runs over and picks up the ball from that block and heads down the other end of the floor, that's a rebound for Jeff Teague because he caught the block, right? So he got the possession of the ball after. But a lot of the older games, they don't do that. So my brother and I, one of our favorite ways to get rebounds when we're going for stats is to have one of us get the block and then the other person pick up the ball to get the rebound. 
but in a lot of the older games, they don't count those as rebounds. They just, uh, they count it as nothing. It's like a block, and then they just go down the other way. <laughs> it's a team rebound in the box scores, if, if, if they would count it. Yeah, I don't even know if they count it as that. I don't even, I just think it's nothing, Yeah, to be honest. Um, so my third game, um, this was really tough. Because I got my arcade game in there. I got my, you know, five-on-five sim game. And I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between NBA 2K16 and NBA Street Volume 2. And I think that if I talk to my two brothers about it, so that's what would end up having to happen. If I talk to my two brothers about it, it would be NBA Street, excuse me, it would be NBA 2K16. It's a game that all three of us finished a season on against each other. So it's definitely a game that we would be pouring in hundreds of hours on. The gameplay is different enough from 2K17 where, and so are the graphics, where the game still feels fresh um and you know you can still do the whole jersey creator in the my uh, in, uh, in my league um you know relocate your team uh all of that stuff fantasy drops all that so um this is the way i will answer this if i find out that my two brothers are coming with me to the island i'm choosing nba 2k16 if i find out that only one of them is coming to the island or they're not coming at all it's nba street volume 2 Nope, that makes a lot of sense, and those are some tremendous choices. Outstanding games, one and all, so, you know, if you're going to be on that island, definitely, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be Mr. Predictable here, or maybe not, maybe not. Let's see if you can guess. It's, uh, what, what do you think my third game is? NBA Live 2006. NBA Live 06, you got it in one. PC, PC version, uh, because I have my saves still to go with that it's one of my all-time favorite games it is in my opinion the strongest all-around the last really strong all-around release in the nba live series as far as gameplay and modes even if you're not modding uh there's still a lot of things you can do within the game itself as far as create a player and whatnot so yeah i'm taking 06 it's it's one that i can go back to uh, to this day uh so i've got an nba live title a jam title and a, a 2k title one ones that i all enjoy i know that i can play over and over again always go back to alternate between the three of them yeah live 06 on fire edition and uh, 2k 14 i mean i i knew you were going to choose live 06 2k 14 is the surprising one um and nba jam on fire edition obviously not surprising but one of the reasons why i did the no internet no mods thing is because that's how we grew up playing these video games and creating all of those memories right like me growing up playing tecmo nba super nba basketball and double dribble and nba live 95 and um you know nba showdown and you know nba fast break 98 obviously nba action 98 in your area you know playing that offline um you know playing the original nba 2k locally like if you go back if you think about our our video game memories um and the way we were playing these games you know in the 90s um and in the early 2000s etc and even you know some you know in the early 2010s um and whatnot we were playing them not only without mods a lot of the time if especially if you didn't have a pc version of the game we were also not playing them online and a lot and obviously back then we also didn't have things like roster sharing so this is a way to kind of say all right what games would you enjoy the most with just their core mechanics core gameplay core assets in place and give you the opportunity also to say let's talk about a local co-op or a local head-to-head atmosphere well that's the thing Growing up, I was mostly playing NBA Live on PC, so I actually did grow up with mods, mostly. Um, so that, that is uh, that is something that I grew up with. 
but yeah, if you have no internet, you can't just get all the assets that you want at the at the drop of a hat. And you, you can, I suppose, you can take some modding tools with you and, and whatever mods you've got. But but I think it's a much more interesting question because 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 mods can change things up. If I could take mods, I might take two thousand and four because of course then I've got my ninety five ninety six season mod. Right. If if I'm taking mods, the chances of me taking NBA Jam on Fire edition are very low. Right. Like if I'm allowed to take because more than likely what i'm going to take is i'm taking nba 2k14 for the pc because of the ubr and the urb and all the different mods and um all the different customization and you know the, it's just endless content um but that's why i thought it would be a good idea to say hey you know just the game's default assets no internet no mods and also to kind of get people to think about that local play experience well people also sometimes forget it is very easy to forget what a game is like before you've modded it up because you're used to playing with all these great retro season mods or current season mods and and unofficial fixes and whatnot that you forget what the vanilla game is like and that sometimes that vanilla game is not quite as good as as after you've gotten used to using all those mods right 100 percent. i know that that's kind of how it is it almost looks weird to boot up 2k17 without my mods you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's weird to boot up 2K17 and just look at a default roster or look at the default presentation. Because as you know, I, I changed, like, the way the menus look. I added that 2K14 blue color in there. Um, I changed the way the edit player background is, all of that stuff. Like, it, it feels weird booting up default teams with default courts, with the default global, all of that stuff. But at the same time, when you actually start playing the game, if you really enjoy the gameplay you just you you can just instantly fall in love with the game as it is you know what i mean so without all of those that that customization so that's like kind of how nba 2k17 was a game and my brother and i talk about this he was at work i booted it up for the first time and i played a quick game and i called nick at work immediately and i said nick this game is absolutely amazing you have to get home so we can play this that was my first reaction to NBA 2K17. I think it was one of the best launches that they've ever had as far as gameplay out of the out of the box or like right at the start. Um, and it just felt good instantly. I remember that first night us playing it. I believe we didn't get like any sleep. We were just playing the game all night long. Uh, and, you know, that's why 2K17 was a clear cut choice, too, for the island. Oh, I'm right with you on that. I mean, I would have liked to have, have taken it myself, but 2K14 has kind of uh, entered my heart, <laughs> has captured my heart in uh, in recent months. Although I was playing 2K17, the sending you those uh, those college, all-time college teams highlights for a while. That was fun to go back and play with those. You know, three games is not a lot. So that, that that's the challenging part of it as well. That even if you want to, say, bring mods and you've got internet and whatnot... To only have access to three games, even five games, even ten games. You and I, we love basketball games so much, as so many people in our community do, that to just name, to just narrow it down, to not, especially when you have big collections like ours, that you can just dip into whatever at any time. Like if I say, "Hey Derek, let's play Jamit," and you'll say, "No, that's crazy. Why? Why would you want to do that, Andrew?" But we could do it if we wanted to, if we were that crazy. But that's the thing that you, we, we're used to having these big collections that we can just play anything at any time. So to just, it's uh, it's really difficult. To, to narrow it down to just three or five or even ten. People got to understand how accepting I am of different basketball titles and how stupid I am sometimes, too. I've beat, uh, I've played like a full season on Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Not recently, but when I was younger. That's how, how high my tolerance is for shoddy gameplay, <laughs> right? 
Um, my bro- my brother Nick, he did as well. He played a full season on Bill Lambert's Combat Basketball. Um, I spent an enormous amount of time with Dick Vitale's awesome baby college basketball for Sega Genesis. Um, so I totally understand where you're coming from there because I have this thing where, and I said this on a past podcast, where I play these games and I love to think about the design choices they were making, right? Like why they put these certain aspects in the game. Why is the game play this way? Why does this game look the way it does? You know, what were they thinking, et cetera. But then I also have this part of me that loves putting on a game and trying to use the mechanics for what they are and like master them. Like, and I think that's what Nate and Roger love about NBA Live 2001, right? They love mastering the mechanics. Sure, some aspects of the game are primitive. Sure, it doesn't look as good graphically as some of the newer games, but it's about using the game, playing the game for what it is and mastering those mechanics. It's absolutely a blast for me. It's why I can go back and play a game like NBA Live 96 with you and just have an absolute blast. Then play NBA Live 2004 with Nate. Enjoy the hell out of the the experience. Then play NBA Live 10 with like Manny Live. Have a blast. Then play 2K17 and then play NBA 2K22 with my brother on the same team and have fun. It's why basketball gaming will never, ever get old. And it's why the community, no matter what you wish for or anything, you'll never get rid of me. No matter what, you're, you're stuck with me. Because I could just play these games all day, all years, all decades. That, that's, that's right. You're, you're with us on the island indefinitely as well. I mean, that's the problem. No internet. They can't listen to the NLC podcast. Now that, that's a shame. That is a shame, and uh, I wish I had a solution for that, but yeah, you're stuck. You, you don't get to listen to the NLSC podcast. However, you've listened to so many episodes already. Um, I mean, you have those memories, so <laughs> we'll, you have to think about those. We'll just be in a boat off the island uh, shouting through megaphones. The, we'll be broadcasting you live. How about that? It's, uh, we'll, we'll, just pull up, we we'll just pull up every week in the boat and um, <laughs> broadcast live to you on the island. There we go. You won't see me wearing a cowboy hat. In a backpack. In a backpack. I was going to say, (laughs) like they do on NBA Two K Twenty Two in the street. I mean, if we're we're out there in the in the in the tropics, you've got to have a big hat of some kind. Yeah, it won't be that one. (laughs) No backpack, at least. It won't be be a cowboy hat and a backpack. It's one or the other, at the very least. If you're going to right, right, exactly. And you won't see me touching foot on a basketball court. That's the other thing. I I said you were on an island. I didn't say there wasn't a basketball court. So Uh, maybe you can also play like actual hoops. Who knows? Yeah, just just take a pump. Just take a, cu- a couple of basketballs. Take a pump because it's uh, yeah, they, they get very boring trying to uh, shoot around with a flat ball. But uh, those are our picks, and the community made their picks as well. So with that being said, it is time to open up the mailbag. To the mailman, the pump face. What an unbelievable dunk! So a lot of great answers, Derek. Starting with Day Day at underscore D three PO on Twitter. Says uh, NBA Shootout 97, which of course was total NBA 97 in Australia. Uh, NBA Hangtime, arcade version, because of the uh, creator player function he mentioned specifically. And uh, NCAA March Madness 2007, Cincinnati Bearcats, enjoying playing with them. Uh, yeah, I-, I didn't think of any college games, but I suppose that's because I didn't really grow up with them. Well, NBA Shootout 97, it immediately brought me back to our interview with Stildo 33, because that was <laughs> the game yeah. that he had with his friend 
that that epic playoff series where he punched his friend in the shoulder probably 50 times and they wrestled and all that stuff and then matt maloney hit like a game-winning three that won the championship like that's what that made me think of i, I did spend some time with nba shootout 97 it's a very loose game um it's not my favorite in the shootout series but it definitely has that that shootout gameplay that a lot of people did enjoy like i said the loose fun gameplay uh, but me personally i was still more into like nba live 97 um and then like the next year um nba fast break 98 but i can see why you would want to take nba sh- shootout 97 um especially if he has people to play with uh because there's definitely a lot of replayability there nba hang time you know somebody mentioned that it was better than nba jam tournament edition and i can understand where somebody would say that um i think nba hang time has the alley-oop feature in it, it does, which yes. I think team is incredibly, fire. yeah, in Team Fire, etc., which I believe was just incredibly well implemented. I was actually playing NBA Hang Time on PlayStation 1 with my girlfriend. Um, she'll play video games with me from time to time. And we had an absolute blast, you know, going up for oops, etc. The block mechanics are absolutely fantastic in that game. From a pure gameplay standpoint, I probably enjoy NBA hang time a little bit more than NBA jam tournament edition. So um, I will say that I understand where he's coming from and I understand where the other person said that is coming from. As far as like um, the other game, March madness, 2007 uh, I've really warmed up recently to some of the mid late nineties NBA live games, but March Madness 2007 is one that I would have to revisit because I actually don't remember how much I played that back in the day. But if it's anything like NBA Live 07, um, I probably wouldn't want to put my hands on it because you know how I feel about NBA Live 07. I'm guessing it's more like 06 because it was kind of, because they came out in the middle of each other. They were the, the the March Madness games kind of had the previous nba live mechanics from memory from what from the ones i've played anyway so it might be more like 06 but if yeah if it's like 07 it's probably not gonna really wet your whistle in that respect i agree with hang time you know i love that game too one of the best games in the jam series and i consider it part of the jam series because it is by midway and it, it's more of a success than nba jam extreme was i'm just gonna put that out well there. i was wondering if i would hurt your feeling by saying that too by saying like nba hang time over nba jam on uh tournament edition but i think you can see where he's coming from and then also where i'm coming from there's just there's something a little bit more about the mechanics actually if you think about it nba hang time is almost a baby nba jam on fire edition with the yeah, way that the yeah. uh the mechanics work no i mean tournament edition I, I has a special place in my heart but hang time i played the hell out of as well uh nintendo 64 version is the one that uh, that I played, so it, it may not be the the strongest version. Uh, and uh, Day Day is talking about the arcade version. I'm guessing the original arcade version as well, which uh, which I haven't played, uh, to be honest. But it's uh, I, I believe it is very similar to the the 64 port and the and the PlayStation port. They they did a good job of that. No, it's it holds up extremely well as well. And and the creator player feature did change things up as well. That, that's just that extra wrinkle that uh, the tournament edition didn't have. Is there anything? That's the best version of itself on N64. My brother and I were talking about this. I think if anything, maybe Double GoldenEye 007 might be the best version of a GoldenEye game. Um, but is there really anything that's the best on N64? Uh, Legend of Zelda Rock Ring of Time is, is still holds up as one of the best in the Zelda series. Yeah, maybe that one. Maybe that's it. I just I, I don't think that N64 was particularly a strong console. 
it's, it's it's one that hasn't aged as well because it's early 3D. Uh, there was a lot. A lot of the third parties went to PlayStation, went to Sony. So yeah, it, it, there's a lot of sports games that are kind of kind of iffy because they're using that 64 controller, which which look I can use it, you know, but that doesn't make it a great great greatly designed uh, controller by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think it has many definitive versions that aren't first property first per, first party um, Nintendo games. Right. Yeah. But anyway, no, good response by him. Um, good choices as well. And NBA Hang Time obviously stands out as a, in his choices as one of my favorites. And up next, we have Andrew, not me. This is uh, at Andrew the X, of course, member of the NLC team, member of NLC Thrillho, mentions the original NBA Jam. Obvious reasons, a classic game that has multiplayer value for even casual fans. Uh, pretty much any of the NBA Jam lineage, you can say that about, but the, the original is absolutely a classic. Uh, College Hoops 2K8 to play Endless Legacies when I'm on my own, and 2K11, I'd finally play through all Jordan Challenges, plus a very solid and robust offline gaming experience. Also goes on to mention that his choices are based on only being allowed to take one console, uh, choice of the PlayStation 3, since not geo-blocked College Hoops. Uh, it's cross-platform, might find a way to squeeze in Live 05, but I think 2K11 does everything well except all-star festivities. Finally, he expects uh, some listeners to choose NBA Live 10, assuming the pre-patch version, so a lot of happy campers. Uh, yeah, once again, love all those choices. Yeah, NBA 2K11 obviously stands out there. Uh, some people still say it's the greatest basketball game ever made. A lot of replayability, um, you know, with the Jordan Challenge and whatnot and playing through seasons and, and, and everything. It just has a lot of content and a lot of fun gameplay. Uh, and if he's bringing friends, that's another game that's great to play head-to-head or on the same team. The original NBA Jam, uh, for obvious reasons, it's a full-blown classic. Uh, just the gameplay still holds up today. Uh, yeah, I mean, does it have that much replayability as far as modes, content, etc.? Not really, but it doesn't matter when the gameplay is that fun. So I think that he'd be able to get plenty of play out of that. College Hoops 2K8, as I announced on Twitter, I, I, I bought it. I didn't own it. I have played it before. I think I owned it back in the day, but I didn't own it anymore. I ended up spending over $100 on getting College Hoops 2K8. Why? Because it's a very, very popular game, uh, basketball video game, one of the most popular basketball video games of all time. And I wanted to connect with people on it, uh, you know, via Parsec and also to run an NLC tournament on it. So I did. I sucked it up. I, I spent a little extra money. I bought College Troops 2K8 and I'll be able to enjoy that now with the community. Um, you and I were talking about this recently about the gameplay and Man, College Hoops 2K8 just really holds up well. And I would almost argue that the gameplay uh, is even as good or better than NBA 2K8. Uh, the gameplay just suits the college games so well. Uh, the atmosphere in the game is great. Not quite as good as NCAA basketball in 09, but still, the atmosphere is still great. But, yep, just smooth animations, fun gameplay, and I definitely don't blame him for bringing College Hoops 2K8. And you mentioned the expense of, of getting that game on the on the collector's market. The college basketball games in general, I, I mean, retro gaming, the prices are rising at the moment because people are realizing again, oh, we can make some money we, because people are getting into different consoles and so the, the prices are going up. But yeah, the, the, because it's one of the last college games and there's only so many in circulation on the secondhand market, we are seeing some ridiculous prices. You'll see some that are easily three or four hundred Australian dollars, which is still well over a hundred US. So I know this may not necessarily be a comfort, but you actually got a pretty good price on it. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's not new either. It's it's considered good condition. 
I, I couldn't even get one that was new. That would be under like two hundred dollars. Pretty oh, crazy, right? Oh, oh my, my copy's yeah. disc, my copy's disc only. So the one that I got doesn't even have manual or, or the uh, in the front cover art or anything. But I still and how much? Did you- probably around, including postage, probably around a hundred Australian. So, so and what about, is that in US? About about eighty odd, I'd say. Isn't that crazy? You and I are stupid. I gotta tell you, we're yeah. insane. <laughs> we are. But you know what? Though? The the collection matters, right? Like I don't know. To I, us, I, yeah. I, it brings yeah. us joy. And I want to it brings us joy. Right. It brings us joy. It brings us joy. I guess. And it, so we're not stupid. I guess we're just passionate, right? Exactly. About we, about we, it. We're it's insane like, in the best possible way. We, we say that with affection right. towards ourselves. I want, I want people to experience those gameplay videos, be able to participate in the tournaments, and then also, you know, be able to connect on Parsec, and I get to enjoy them enjoying the game, right? Like, that does it for me. Being able to connect with somebody on Parsec and either watch two people play and just really having a blast playing that game, getting lost in the game and whatnot, or them connecting and playing with me. Like, that's why I, you know, I spend the money, because... It's just, it's just fun. Like, and that's what it's about. You know, we want to have fun and we want to see other people have fun with basketball video games. So yeah, people connect with me on Parsec and play College Hoops 2K8 with me, please. I mean, if you want to talk about stupidity and College Hoops 2K8, that's me and the chant creator. You know, you got to take that away from me, man, because I will make the stupidest chance. Just, just spend time making the stupidest chance on that game. Again, that that is, that is the fun of that, uh, that, that feature. And and again, it shows you how deep that game was. That there's a chant creator in there, and you're not thinking, oh, you know, why they do this? It's like, of course they did this because the the chants are a big part of college basketball. So it stands to reason that oh, you can make make your own. Yeah, it's the little things like that. Yeah, that the old games are doing that was just awesome. You know, and, and it's not just older games too. Sometimes the newer games are implementing awesome you know, mechanics like that and awesome customization options. Take it. Take MLB the show. 2020 for example my brother and i are in you know like 60 games into a season both of us using different teams one of the amazing customization options in that game is you can choose any music and have your player walk up to bat with with that blaring from the arena how amazing is that and you can also like import music for um like for mark mcguire I, I talked about this on another show i have the song big gun play whenever he goes up too bad like i imported that i put it uh, uh it on a thumb drive put it into the video game system and then assigned that song to mark mcguire now when he goes up to bat that song plays you can assign music to the walk-ups to bat you can sign um assign music to when a home run when somebody hits a home run, when they're rounding the bases, a certain song will play all of that stuff. It's that type of stuff that ke- keeps people on the games. It's those special touches. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you know, I think that's gotten lost a little bit in the newer basketball titles. Those, those special touches aren't there like they used to be. It's funny how it's just something so small can have such an impact. And we do remember them, even if it's something like the, the replay editing in live 09 and 10, or, or, just, or just something like you mentioned, being able to assign custom music in the show. It uh, it really does enhance the experience because it's, it's just that little extra detail that you think, oh, that's cool. And sometimes it can even make you overlook some of the quirkier moments of games because you're just enjoying these little touches so much. Right, 100%. But remember, that's also why we love modding, right? 
Oh, like yeah, the yeah. ability to, it's the same type of mindset. The reason why we like modding um, and being able to do all of this, you know, this stuff with the PC versions of the games um, is because we like that extra customization, that special customization, that unique customization. And of course, 2K11 is, as you said, just a, just a classic. A lot of people's pick, like Street Volume 2, a lot of people's pick as the best game ever made, certainly in the sim genre. And, and that's, it has a strong case, obviously. Uh, I, I still prefer the, the rustic dribbling of later games, naturally, but 2K11, I can go back and play that. And playing through the Jordan Challenge, yeah, 100%. And 2005 and 10 uh, as backup choices, no, I, I definitely agree with that as well. Next up is Dante Campana at Dante Campana on Twitter. I wouldn't have thought of NBA in the Zone 2, but since you posted it, he'll take that one. Uh, rounding out the list, NBA Live 2004 for PlayStation 2. Yes, I prefer it over 2005. And NBA 2K14 for PlayStation 4. Well, I certainly agree with 2K14 for PlayStation 4. Uh, 2004 for PlayStation 2, which is the same as PC, of course, without mods, which in this case is no issue since we're saying no mods. I love that game as well. I actually did play the 2004 on PS2 more than PC when it was new because I, I got that version first. It came out before the PC version in Australia. And I started my Dynasty on PS2, so I ended up playing the PS2 version a lot and modding, well, modding on PC. Uh, so I'm definitely all about that. And uh, in the Zone 2, I haven't played as much of, but I do do own and have played. Uh, once again, st- uh, three strong choices there. I mean, in the Zone 2, he mentions, uh, because I mentioned it, on the tweet asking the question, I posted a highlight of a session between me and basketball video, at B-Ball Video Games, and it's me with Chris Carr, um, doing um, a spin move and then you know flying in for a dunk and it just looks so cool in that game the animations were so smooth for its time etc uh, NBA in the zone 2 one of my favorite basketball titles of all time um, I still have fun playing it so that's definitely a good choice NBA Live 2004 you and I just re- revisited that actually uh, recently and yes we played a mod but you made note that the gameplay that we were playing was the default sliders and whatnot and we had a blast didn't we absolutely so absolutely um it's also one of my brother's favorite games of all time that's 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 where my brother mark really lit it up with walter mccarty um that's one of the games where guys like walter mccarty and keith van horn etc were just completely unstoppable and it made for so many funny video game moments definitely love nba live 2004 and then obviously 2k14 ps4 um andrew's thrilled that you mentioned that um definitely wouldn't have been a year ago now he is now um i would have respected i would have respected it a year ago but now i'm i'm right i'm right there with you let's put it that way right (laughs) he'd be there on the he would willingly get stranded on an island with you just to play it let's put it that way that's right um um, but no nba 2k14 obviously i'm very fond of the gameplay uh i think that the game still has a lot of replayability because my career is still up and you can still play it. Um, and just the presentation and overall um, gameplay definitely holds up, and I don't blame you at all. Next up is D Zulu at Debo Khan on Twitter. Live 2005, KG's Hopset Dunk was Beast, 2K13, despite no blocks at the rim, and 2K16. Again, three games that I definitely have a lot of fondness for. Live 2005. Uh, loved that uh 2k13 played the hell out of that with my career and yes took advantage of no blocks at the rim one of the few drawbacks of that game of course uh, and 2k16 there's a few people that meant 2k16 spoilers that uh, and yeah and, and you mentioned that of course and and so many we brought it up so many times just such a strong uh entry in the series 2k16 and 17 they were really hitting their stride with that how about those uh jump stop 
and drop step moves in NBA Live 2005 and in some of those mid-2000 games in general. I mean, absolutely dominant, and they're such a go-to. And when my brother Nick and I were playing Legends, we would just constantly abuse them. Bit of cheese there. Uh, bit of cheese in that move, yeah. yeah. A bit of cheese. Well, the thing is, is those games definitely had brick wall defense, right? So a lot of times you're playing, if you're playing the computer on the harder level on those mid-2000s NBA Lives, um, you, in order to get by that brick wall defense, as you and I have experienced recently, you know, you can try to spam the dribbling all you want, but you're just getting brick walled everywhere often. So what you do a lot of times to get by the computer is to use and abuse that jump stop mechanic that just gets you right by the defense, gets you right in the middle of the lane and gives you a much better chance of scoring. Um, and the same with the drop step, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a pinch, and this happened when I was playing against Nate, actually on Live 2004. If he's in a pinch and he's sitting in the middle of the lane with a Michael Olawakandi or a Kevin Garnett or whatever, yes, it doesn't matter. Yes, even with Michael um, even on the higher levels, you know, you're in a pinch, you drop step and you throw it down. And you can see that actually in the NBA Live 2004 highlights video that I put up of me and Nate playing. So, no, totally on that um, I, I can't say anything on nba 2k13 i can't really say anything bad about 2k13 other than the lack of being able to block layups and dunks in that game um i think that's a great choice to bring to the island i think the game is just so fun um from a head-to-head standpoint co-op standpoint but then also from like a blacktop type gameplay standpoint because of the way they implemented those right stick mechanics um the shooting feels great you can just pull off so many great highlights quick spin moves to the baseline the post game is just absolutely fantastic and nba 2k13 definitely don't blame you and i already said why i would bring nba 2k16 to the island earlier i think it's just very deep there's a lot of customization you can do with my league they have all of those new classic teams that were added that year so you have the new classic teams from 2000 and up that were added the gameplay just there's a lot of customization you can do with the players having four different size ups you can assign all the different animations that were added that can be assigned etc 2k16 no brainer and i love all of his choices 2k13 of course with the dream team that was a big deal at the at the time and it i think it speaks volumes that when it comes to 2k13 apart from the issue with no blocks at the rim is that the thing that most people bring up as the negative of the game is that they didn't like Jay-Z's presentation or the soundtrack. And when your biggest complaints are that you're not really that fond of the front-end style or the soundtrack, the rest of the game is pretty damn good. I will agree, though, that the Jay-Z soundtrack, I was not a fan of it. Um, I was definitely more of a fan of 2K12, 2K11, 2K10. Those games seem to like have a little bit more uh, of the underground songs um, on them um, that really were unique for that game so i will say that i wasn't a fan of the 2k13 soundtrack but that definitely didn't ruin the experience for me one final point about live 2005 of course the pro hop came in in 2004 and they also brought in sliders in 2004 as well but they didn't have a slider for pro hop effectiveness that had to wait till 2005 so 2004 it can be it's even cheesier in 2004 but 2005 fantastic game one of my favorites as well what's funny is there and i'm going to say this and i'll say this with a straight face i'll say this to anybody the way dunks look off of your jump stop in NBA Live 2004 and NBA Live 2005 look better than what they look like on NBA 2K22 or since they implemented the new motion system in 2K18. They look absolutely awkward as hell 
in the newer games. But back even in, like you said, you know, Live 2004, Live 2005, that hop step into a dunk animation just looks incredibly clean and feels awesome. It can also be that button can also be used to make a pretty good uh, step back. You can do that kind of Dwayne Wade step back on a jump shot if you hold back on the stick and hit the uh, pro hop button. That's a move that I've been using more when I've gone back Nate to play was those doing games. That. Yeah, Nate was doing that actually. He did that, I believe, with Spreewell or Cassell. You know, a That's couple right, times yeah. when we were playing live. Yeah, it looked really cool. Next up, we have Trav at Midwest King underscore one hundred on Twitter. Uh, live two thousand Jordan returns two K twelve the era filters and two K sixteen defense matters. Once again, love all these choices. Uh, Live 2000, huge, getting Jordan into the game, getting the legends, really tipping off that historical content officially being in games. Uh, and it was just such a great all-around game as well. On PC, franchise mode, making its debut. Uh, the, PC, the PC version was definitely the definitive version of Live 2000. Uh, played that with my cousin, played through the franchise this, the whole season in uh, franchise with the blazers and won the championship great memories of winning that championship early in the morning and going and microwaving the popcorn in celebration as we did and yeah 2000 2k12 with those era filters uh, amazing like we said derek the ha- having the, the the no three-point line for the 70s teams something that they haven't done and again 2k16 classic too i mean endless replayability i mean he has nba 2k12 in there with the NBA's greatest mode, and then obviously being able to play seasons and franchises and whatnot, his exhibition play, his blacktop play, all of that stuff, just endless replayability with those games. NBA 2K16, we've already discussed the replayability aspect of that. So he has NBA Live 2000 from the PS1 gen, one of the strongest releases ever. Then he goes and chooses a game from the PS3, Xbox 360 generation, one of the strongest games in NBA 2K's series of releases. Uh, And then NBA 2K16, arguably, for a lot of people, the best game on the PS4 gen. So yeah, great choices. You know, I mentioned franchise mode in, in Live 2000, such a big step forward for that the season experience to have multi-season, which they had multi-season in 99 PC, but you didn't have the rookie draft that generated rookies and proper free agency and everything else like that. So that was just a huge step forward. I know the franchise experience has gone so much further. 2K has taken it so much further, I should say, with what they've done. But at the time, Live was was king and what they did there was, was so revolutionary. But that being said, it dawned on me last year, Derek, and I, and I mentioned this in a Wayback Wednesday. Well, it might have been a Wayback Wednesday. It might have been Friday 5, actually. But the end of franchise mode in live 2000 because it's a 25 year franchise mode in live 2000 we are almost at the end of that franchise mode in real life and that's kind of mind-blowing it's kind of sad too right does that age you yeah you feel old now <laughs> yes saying that i do i, I really do old got to talk about this off the podcast we can't bring this stuff up it's depressing <laughs> no um but I, it, it's just funny that like in the, when you play that when, when you simmed into the future in live 2000 you're like tw- the 2020 season and you're like, wow, that just seems so futuristic. And now that's two years behind us. So, yeah, it's, it's reminds me, I see those old movies that they made, like, back in, like, the 60s or 70s that were, like, they were called, like, the year 2000 or something. It's like flying cars. We're all on the moon. And, like, yeah, all yeah. of this. Like, yeah, you guys were wrong. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. definitely not what ended up happening. Um, they even have, like, I think it's um, for, it was a game that came out in the early 90s for Super Nintendo. It's, like, Baseball Simulator 2000 or something like that or like 2020 or something like that. And it's just like this full blown out baseball experience where it's actually robots playing or something like that. I have to look up the title, but it's like, yeah, that's not what happened. Like we're not, it's not, we're not watching robots play baseball on TV. 
right now. Um, so that's what made that made me think of. But no, yeah, it is wild to think that um, NBA Live 2000, you know, you if you did all 25 seasons, we're, we're almost up to that point. That's that's pretty crazy. I mean, on that note, uh, Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball, which you mentioned before, set in the year 2031. We are closer to that than we are 1991 when the game came out. Again, making us feel old. Yeah, that's the second time Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball has been brought up today on the NLSC podcast. That's probably a record, and I'm actually I actually don't feel bad about it. So moving over to the NLSC Discord now, uh, QB1120, Q in the forums, uh, NBA Live 2005, one of the better live games out of the box, first game with a dunk contest, uh, NBA Street Volume 2 for the arcade-style basketball, and then my third, to get some variety, would be Niketsu Street Basketball on NES, which is essentially River City Ransom meets basketball. They even have three hoops on each side like those old rock and jock b-ball jam shows on MTV. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that third one, I must admit, but Life 2005, once again, fantastic, and Street Volume 2, absolute classic as well, but yeah, that's interesting, an NES game, and one that's uh, that, uh, that like uh, Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball, third mention, is uh, is a little bit different, kind of taking basketball in, a, in more of a fantasy direction. Yeah, I uh, never heard of that, but now I have to get it. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I almost said... Uh, to keep things interesting in my top three for the island, I almost brought up Michael Jordan's Chaos in the Windy City. Be like, hey, you know what? We have our arcade basketball game in NBA Jam OFE. We have our, you know, NBA 2K17, our five on five sim, and then we have we have our adventure game. Like that would really mix it up. But that, then I decided yeah. that it wasn't a very good video game. That is one of the where the hell do I go level designs in platformers, platform hell. Yeah, and that's just the full taking advantage of Michael Jordan's name. That's what that is. Yeah, that's um, that's the best part of the game. Yeah. The cover. I mean, he brought up Street Volume 2. We've already discussed that and why that has a lot of replayability. NBA Live 2005, obviously, is, is a, a popular choice. And uh, one of my favorite players, actually, at the time on the cover, which uh, a lot of people don't know about me, uh, Carmelo Anthony. I've always loved Melo. And, you know, I was a big fan of the Mellow Nuggets with Iverson, etc. Um, so, yeah, he was on the cover of Live 2005. I did have a question for you, actually, before we move on to the next response. Were there alternate covers for NBA Live 2005? There were some international ones, yeah. That's what I wanted to, yeah. Do you know what they were? Because I'm curious. So those international covers, which I totally know off the top of my head, and I'm not looking at our wiki at the moment at all. Uh, NBA Live 2005, uh, Tony Parker for France and Pau Gasol for Spain. Uh, 2004 had uh, Raul Lopez on the Spanish cover, which was also the trivia this week. We should do a whole show on alternate covers because I find it fascinating. Like, I still can't get over that um, NBA Live 2002 alternate Michael Jordan cover. From Japan, yeah. 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 I mean, though, the Wizards Jordan cover. I think that looks absolutely awesome. I want that. But no, great choices from Q. Uh, I'll have to try that NES game. And finally, from the Discord, we have Per DXDO. I'm sorry, that's the best I can do for uh, pronouncing that, uh, <laughs> that screen name. But thank you for submitting your response. If I was stranded on an island with three basketball video games, the first I'd bring is NBA 2K13. 2K13 was the game that got me into buying 2K annually, and Create a Legend is one of my favorite all-time 2K game modes that hasn't come back since. The second game I'd take is NBA Jam 2010, a very simple but fun game to this day, many unlockable players, and great-to-play co-op. The third game would be NBA Street Volume 2, one of my favorite basketball video games of all time. So once again, some familiar games there. Uh, 2K13 was the one that really got me into the 2K series with the right stick dribbling, obviously. I'd been warming up to it with 2K11 and 2K12, but then 2K13 added the right stick dribbling, and 
I was right on board with uh, 2K after that. Uh, yeah, creating a legend, such a fantastic idea to be able to take a real NBA player into the career mode without any kind of modding. And it hasn't come back because it doesn't make money, unfortunately. Uh, Jam 2010 is very solid, very underrated. Uh, it was surpassed by On Fire Edition, but that doesn't make uh, 2010. It, it's still a great game in its own right. And, and of course, once again, Street Volume 2, a popular choice for very obvious reasons. He followed it up, too, in the chat about NBA Jam 2010. He did say that he believes that NBA Jam on Fire Edition is probably overall the better game. And with Road Trip, obviously, it puts it over the top mode-wise. I want to say that he said his favorite arcade basketball game edition ever was the boss battles that were in NBA Jam 2010. So I think that the boss battles alone put Jam 2010 over OFE for him. I mean, that was very innovative, those boss battles. That, that really did change things up. As, as much as the classic campaign could be very repetitive and dry, as I mentioned on a previous show, the boss battles on the remix tour were a great idea. And the fact that they mixed those together for, for Road Trip on Fire Edition was a great choice as well. But the boss battles, which, which didn't make it into, uh, into on Fire Edition, unfortunately, because I think they were a great idea, but, but yeah, very innovative. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. You know, I was talking with uh, somebody about NBA Jam on Fire Edition, and I was saying, you know, once Andrew and I finished the road trip um, on on Fire Edition, we could try to do the the classic campaign um, on NBA Jam 2010. But unfortunately, upon second thought, I realized that NBA Jam 2010, you can't do co-op on the campaign mode. And that's a damn shame. It's one of those oversights that, that a lot of games were making that they figured that the campaign modes, no one's going to want to play these co-op. It's two on two. Like, why wouldn't somebody want, like, how can you not make that co-op? How can you not make it so somebody else can jump on a controller and play it with you? It's two on two. It's a huge oversight. Know. And then the, the lack of tag mode as well in 2010 is a bit of a drawback. I think they were really trying to recreate that original NBA Jam and they forgot some of the innovations that came with Tournament Edition and Hang Time and some of the later ones. That's that's my theory. I can't honestly say that it's an oversight. I think it's just like a design decision. Oversight makes me think, uh, oh, well, maybe we forgot, or maybe uh, we didn't we didn't think of it, or something like that. Like, I don't yeah, think it's an oversight. That's, that's, that's I, true. Yeah, I think it's a poor. I think it's a poor design choice. It's a poor design decision because you can't tell me. That when they these developers um, had these meetings, you know, with the programmers and all of that stuff, and or with the suits or whatever, that this didn't come up. Like this had to come up as they were building the game. So yeah, I don't think I wouldn't even call it an oversight. I would call it just an com- incredibly poor design decision. Design choice, design decision. Yeah, that's that's probably a better way of putting it. But fortunately, they corrected course with On Fire Edition. It's, it's what made On Fire Edition such a a great follow up, such a great sequel. But but 2010, you know, it's still it's still quite fun, and I think I do think it is underrated. Also, it was really hurt by the whole NBA Elite 11 debacle. How it was supposed to be packaged, uh, a, a a stripped down version was supposed to be packaged with the uh, with NBA Elite 11, and the rest of it was going to be paid DLC. But when they tried to when Elite 11 got cancelled and they released it as its own standalone game, people thought they were trying to release a free game for full price, but that wasn't really the the case. Uh, just the whole thing really overshadowed. Uh, jam 2010 but it is a it is still a very solid game in its own right i mean i have i have fun playing like just play now games on it it's enjoyable for that but that that is definitely not a good design choice um for the campaign but you know thank you for everybody you know thank you everybody who responded to the prompt um i'm loving putting out those questions every week and i've lo- and i absolutely love the participation so thank you 
I do too. It's been so fun going over your answers and we've had some really fun topics and that will continue. So stay tuned for those mailbag prompts each and every week. But with that being said, that has brought us to the end of episode number 416 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Of course, the podcast comes out every week on the NLSC. You can also find us on all the podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, just to name a few. And of course, you can tune in on our YouTube channel. And as we wrap up here, we want to remind you to follow us on social media. So Derek, what are your socials? You can reach me on Twitter, where I'm the most active, at D4384. Um, I'm also uh, at D43G. That's my gaming channel, uh, where I'm uploading not only basketball, video game, game play, but also other games that I'm playing as well. Um, I am over on YouTube as well, where I've started streaming again, D4 3 And I'm also on the NLSC as a team member, D4 3 I, of course, am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Facebook and Twitter, at the NLSC. We're on Instagram, NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube channel is NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. Go get buckets, everyone.